When your ideal customer's kids are begging every night to read your book, you've won. At Dinosaur House, we turn industry leaders into kids' book authors. We don't do it because it's a super fun thing to do, although it is. We do it because it's highly strategic. Imagine if every night your customers are being asked by their kids to read a book that your company made. Talk about brand affinity. You're helping your customers connect deeply with the most important thing in their lives, their kids, over something that they are passionate about that has to do with your industry. If you want to have a conversation with us about how your brand could become the author of a kid's book, just hit us up, dinosaurhouse.com. Hit the little button that says schedule a story design call. And we'll have a jam session together on just what your company's kids book could and should be. Hi, my name is Ken Rusk, and I guess you could call me a blue collar entrepreneur. Uh, I've spent my life trying to teach others how to get their life started and to envision what they want for their own lives and then how to go out and get it. And uh, I am now on the show, The Purpose Driven Entrepreneur. What's up, Purpose Driven Entrepreneurs? It's me, your host, Timmy Bauer, and I'm here with Ken Rusk. Ken, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. I really appreciate you having me. Thank you. So I'm excited to talk to you. The first question I have for you, Ken, as bullet pointy and rapid fire as you can, I'd okay. like to know how your business works, as in what is it that you do or sell to who? How do you get customers and what's been your growth? Well, we are a, uh, a foundation company. Oh, that's our primary focus. I, I'm, I'm involved in several different construction things, but our primary focus is in foundations. And we've been doing this since 1986. Um, it's a very fast moving company. That's what I like about it. There's a lot of action. There's a lot of moving parts. Uh, we have a lot of employees. We started with six and now we have 200. And um, we go after our business just like anybody else. We go out to trade shows and we advertise and we go on social media. And most of our stuff comes from referrals. And um, we have a great time doing it. We set records year after year and uh, we just look out in the future and then hope it keeps coming. What uh, was it that made you decide to start this company? And, uh, and what's, what was, the, what was a, an explosive moment or pivotal moment of growth for you? Well, for me, you know, my, my high school uh, shared a fence with an industrial park and there was a hole in that fence that we would go through after school in order to get to the carryout my buddies and I, and we'd hang out at the carry out after school like other kids did. And um, I remember going through this industrial park and constantly looking at this one building that had all kinds of action going on. It had, you know, things that kids liked. It had dump trucks and it had, you know, it had uh, backhoes and it had jackhammers and things milling around and lots of energy. And one day I just drove in and I said, uh, I, I walked in there and I, I said, what, what do you guys do here? And they basically said, well, we're kind of like glorified ditch diggers. And I said, well, I, I can do that. You know, I need money for, for, you know, taking my girlfriend out and going to movies and buying gas for my car and whatever. What so year was this? That was uh, 1980. All right. And um, we, we, uh, I started working there in the summers uh, when I wasn't in school digging ditches. And um, I worked in the office after school in the wintertime, but the thing that was most explosive to me was this was a company where you could go in and if you could control your own input, 
which means you could control your own output and the quality of that output. And those two things combined meant that you could control your own income. So you were able to, to the harder you worked, the more money you made. And for me, that was just a, a way of saying, oh my God, I'm in control of my own destiny. I'm not having somebody tell me what to do all day long. And, uh, and it just went on from there. So when you think about how you've led in your company or how you've, how you've built it, um, if I were to ask you, what's a commonly held belief about growing a company that you either passionately disagree with or something that you believe that you just don't see a lot of others believing? What is it? What would you say? Well, that one's, that one's real simple. I, it's actually the latter. It's more of an uncommon belief. And that is this. I've probably stood in front of the 200 people that we have at our office on, on dozens of occasions and said, I can't get what I want, nor can this company get what it wants until all of you get what you want first. And I think that's a pretty uncommon way of looking at it. So many times we think of a company as, you know, the boss is on the 20th floor and everybody's underneath him or her trying to climb that corporate ladder. And I think that's the opposite way that you should approach it, especially in today's world. I think if you can create a whole bunch of people who are working with you alongside you who say, wow, he's not only interested in what I want to do for myself here, but he's allowing me to put a path together where I can say, I'm in control of my destiny. Um, I can get what I want with and through this vehicle called his company. So I'm in control. And I think the more people you can get to do that, the better off you're going to be going forward. Uh, agreed. It's so powerful to create a culture in which your employees are feeling like you are helping them to be in control of their destiny. And it's, I believe that that's a hard culture to create. So I'm curious um, why, well, one, I'm curious, just why do you think most companies don't feel that way for their employees? And then I want to ask you how, to, like practically, how do you actually create that for your team? Well, first off, I think they're just stuck in the old way of doing things. You know, I, I think they're stuck into, I am boss, you are employee, you do what I tell you. Um, I answer all the questions, makes me feel good, makes me feel that, that power when I go home at night. And in my mind, that's exactly the opposite of how you want to run a company. For me, as I said before, there's so many moving parts here that I couldn't possibly be good at all of them. So I just enlisted the help of everybody and said, look it, let's do this as a team. If we win, I'll share with you what we win, okay? And, uh, and, and we'll just move it forward. We've never had a losing year where I've had to say, well, sorry, that didn't happen. But it's only because, you know, I believe that the power of the motivated team is much more powerful than the power of the motivated individual. And I, I've always thought that, again, if you can get people who say, wow, this guy really cares about me and wants me to do well, that is so uncommon that you end up building this insane loyalty because people, they go home and they tell their wives or husbands, I think I can build a life here. And um, that's a pretty rare thing these days. And we just try to perpetuate that and keep this thing moving forward. Practically, are you are you literally going around to your team and asking them questions like, hey, what is it that you want to be getting out of this company that it's not giving you? Or like, how do you actually make sure that they are feeling that way? Well, you know, in, in the book, we talk a lot about goal setting. And, and that's the one thing that I think I harp on the most, which is 
Um, why are you here? Well, I'm here because I need a job. Okay, for what? So I can make money. Okay, got it. Money for what? So I can pay my bills. All right, let's keep going. Okay, let's get beyond the bills for a second. If you had extra money, what would you do? Well, I would do this. Aha, now we're getting somewhere. Okay, I would want to upgrade my car or I would want to take a trip somewhere. Or I would want to learn Spanish or I would want to, you know, in, in, improve my living conditions. Mm. So what we do is we take those goals and we draw them out. I actually have people use cardboard and crayons and they draw out what they want their perfect nirvana to look like, their comfort, peace and freedom. They draw out what they want their life to look like. And then we chop that into a lot of little obtainable pieces and we just set paths to go to every one of those. So you, you almost really can't work here if you're not following an active goal that is live and, and, and actually moving forward because um, you'll just kind of get, you know, you'll, you'll kind of get passed by because so many people are into what can I get for myself out of this company? And, and it just really works well. Man, that's super interesting. And the fact that you talked about like their nirvana as their comfort, peace and freedom, these like three different categories. Are you, are you asking them to answer like, what's your comfort? What's your peace? What's your freedom? And like, what kind of answers are you getting? Well, when, when you draw your perfect, your perfect life, and what I mean by that is, let's say you draw your living conditions. Are you a, uh, are you a, a suburb house liver or are you going to live in an apartment downtown or are you going to live out in the country? Are, are, what are you going to transport with? Are you are you a electric car person or a minivan person or a pickup truck person? Let's write that out, draw that out. Are you a, um, uh, what's your give back moment? What would be your charity if you had extra money? Who would you give it to? We draw that out. What's your hobbies? What's your sports? What's your, your spiritual side? What's your take care of yourself side? Um, and we draw all that out, even down to the pets. Are you a cat pet, a cat owner or a dog owner? And, and if so, what color and what would you name it? I mean, we, we literally cover all those bases that becomes their comfort, peace, and freedom. Because now they say to themselves, if I had that world, that would bring me an enormous sense of comfort. Once I have comfort, the stress goes away and the peace replaces that stress, right? And if you can live in a world where you don't have a whole lot of stress and you're at peace with who you are and what you've built, man, there is freedom to just go explore so many other things. So um, it's yeah. kind of a triangle where these concepts work upon each other. I love it. Um, so speaking of, you know, the ways that we envision our lives, uh, can I started this podcast because I thought it would be interesting to ask uh, successful uh, business owners and builders what it is that they're really living their life for. So when you think about that question, like, what do you want to be remembered for when you die? Or what is it you're really living your life for? What jumps out to you as important? Well, I mean, obviously, there's the ones where you want to be a good husband, you want to be a great parent. And I think I'm accomplishing those things. So, um, you know, you want to be a good family person and, and all that. But I can tell you, you know, my daughter got sick. Um, she had cancer um, about 12 years ago. And um, that was a really scary five years for us. And it really puts a lot of things into perspective. Um, when you go through something like that, she's fine now. And she'll be fine. Um, but I, I think, you know, at the time, I had a few people that helped me out with, you know, loaning me their planes so I could take her across the country and get her treated. And mm -hmm. um, they never sent me a bill. And later on, when I caught up to them, I said, why did you do that? And they said, well, to whom much is given, much is expected. And um, so I've kind of lived that. I've always been a charity person, but that kind of turbocharged my, my desire to give back to others. So in, in, in my own way, this book 
is a roadmap for someone who is 17 to 55 years old and going, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? And um, I would like to be known as someone that helped clarify a few of those things for, for as many people as possible. Yeah, the book, by the way, is Blue Collar Cash. And so when you think about why you wrote that book for that, why did you pick that age demographic specifically? Well, there, there are a lot of concepts in the book that work for anybody. I mean, if you're, if you're a 17-year-old or a 16-year-old and you're wondering, you know, my parents keep telling me I have to go to college, but I really would rather be a carpenter or, or a plumber or a welder or whatever. It, it helps you to understand that there are more, cho more choices other than college. There's probably six choices, college being one of them, that you can take towards a really successful life. So as a young person, I wanted them to understand that- What are the are other five options. choices? Well, obviously there's tech schools, there's trade schools, there's apprenticeships, there is um, just going right into the field, okay? Um, starting your own company. So those are all different options that, that you can do um, to, to get towards a, a successful life. And for me, I just wanted to show someone that was younger that those options were available because that's how I learned. I had to learn it on my own, probably through some mistakes. But, and then as you move along, let's assume that you went to school and you're just not happy with who you are and you're stuck in some cubicle, you know, selling some widget or a small cog in a huge wheel. This book can teach you how to go back to what your passion might be. You know, I'd really rather build furniture, so I'm going to go do that and how to get out of that world and into the world that you want. And then, and then finally, you know, every one of us needs to know how to plan our life. You know, I think we're all experts at planning things like vacations. I know where I'm going. I'm taking my sandals. I'm taking my bathing suit. I'm taking my suntan lotion. I'm going to the beach and I'm going to have my, my drink on the beach or whatever. That all gets firmly implanted in your mind as you plan six months away to go on that awesome vacation I think you should plan your whole life that way. I think you should anticipate everything in your life as though it were a vacation. Um, goal setting, you know, debt reduction, savings, um, retirement plan, all that stuff should be thought of in a very positive and, and, and very anticipatory way. So I think so many people could get something out of this book that that's kind of the age range that uh, we're targeting. What's something related to planning your life that you encourage young people or just people in general to do that most people are not thinking about? Well, there was a study that was done by the University of Virginia, Virginia Tech. And one of the things that they said was they polled 100 people and they asked them if they had goals. Only 20 of the 100 people said they had any real goals. So they moved those 80 to the side and they grabbed the 20 and they said, okay, of the 20 people that have goals, how many of you have specific goals, you know, beyond just hopes and dreams, but like specific goals that, that you want to obtain. And that, that field started to whittle down to about four or five. They asked how many of those people then actually wrote those goals down. And um, those four said they pretty much wrote them down, but they probably shoved them in a drawer somewhere and forgot about them. Only one of the hundred people in that, in that, that um, poll group actually wrote their goals down and wrote them in a big, colorful, motivating way and then put it on the wall of their house or their apartment or whatever and then looked at it constantly as kind of an osmosis thing. So I would encourage anyone to, to really sit down and think about what you want your life to look like because you are much more in control of that than you think you are. Yeah.
I there's an inspirational quote that I've heard. Uh, I think it was Joe Rogan that said it, but it was like people should fight for the life that they want to have as if their life depends on it because it does. It does. <laughs> and yeah. we don't do we don't often fight for the life that we want to have as if our life depends on it. I think the problem with that is is we're ingrained to live in this if then world. You know, if you go to high school and if you get good grades and if you get a scholarship and if you go to college and if you get a job and if you make money, then you'll be happy. Then the, you know, all the thens come after all the ifs. And, and I think that's completely opposite. I, I would teach people to start with the then. I mean, you know, you've never pulled your car out of your driveway put it in drive and then said, where the heck am I going? I mean, you, you always have an idea where you're going. You're starting with the destination in mind, whether it's the, it's the bowling alley or the golf course or the church or the store, you start off with that destination. And yet in life, we kind of wait for things to happen to us. So I, I would rather, you know, affect my life rather than having my life just affect me. Yeah. And correct me if I'm thinking about this wrong, but when you say start with the then's, like flip it then first and then ifs is it like so my then is i want to x so if that's my then these are all the ifs that i need to ask myself how do how do i get there see i i, I want to kind of take i i'd really like to take the um the if kind of out of it i'd like it to be more automatic i mean there is no doubt that if you have something in mind that you want and you put it out there the only thing you have to change is how long it takes you to get that. If you're saving for a car or you're saving for an education or you're saving for a trip or whatever, the only thing that changes is the time frame in which you are comfortable creating those small steps to getting it. So I like to make my goals automatic. Like they're going to happen for sure. It's just a matter of time. And um, I adjust the time according to my comfort level. So yeah, I would much rather have you start out with, with the, the destiny and then figure out how you can work your way to get that than to hope that destiny just shows up somehow magically after you've been working hard for several years. Yeah. Ken, this has been a really fun conversation. I have two for fun questions I want to ask you before you go. So my first one is, I'm a kid's book author. I believe that part of leaving a legacy is reaching kids. If you were going to package your message for kids, what's a, what's a kid's book that you would make if you could? Well, I would, I guess I would, that's a great question. I love this question. I would say, don't ever put down the crayons because when people have crayons in their hands, they're out constantly creating, okay? They're constantly creating visions. Um, they're constantly creating color. They're creating what they perceive this thing is to look like. So I would probably say, never put down the crayons, um, keep them until adulthood because it's the only way to live is to see what you're, what you're going after. I love that. My last for fun question for you. What is something you currently suck at that a year from now you want to be great at? Oh God, you know, <laughs> I, the, the, the word suck is relative. I, I am a, I am a, a seven or eight handicap in golf and I'd love to be a four or a three. And it's, I don't know if you know this about golf, but if you're a 20 handicap, it's really easy to get to 15. If you're 15, it's really easy to get to 10, but it's a little harder. 10 to seven is a lot harder. Seven to two or three is really hard. So yeah, I'd like to be a little more consistent golfer, I would guess. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Ken, where are you most active on social that you would want listeners to connect with you? 
Well, you can start at KenRusk.com. Uh, you can also go to Ken Rusk Official on Facebook and on Instagram, and, and you can see what we're up to there. Um, I, I do always want to mention that, you know, life's been pretty good to me, so I didn't write this book for money, and I donate all the proceeds um, from my books to charities like Make-A-Wish and Junior Achievement and those kind of things. So um, if you're buying a book out there, you're going to be helping somebody else at the same time. Yeah, check out Blue Collar Cash. The link for that is in the show notes of this episode. Ken, thank you so much for being a guest on my show. That was a blast. Thanks for having me. 